Guys, welcome to the James Gang Bible Study. We're in for a very special treat tonight. Bringing us the word is the one and only Harvey Belanger. Harvey's a father to four wonderful children and seven grandchildren who are great. And there's an eighth one on the way. Harvey has a company called RBC Roofing. And he founded a businessman's network called BNI and got it rolling here and others helped lead that thing. He is a man of God and a member of Gen Praise and has worked in children's ministry and youth ministry and taught guitar lessons to little ones. He's a great friend and a craftsman. And today happens to be his 62nd birthday. Can we wish him a happy birthday? Happy birthday. So, Harvey, we'll turn it to you right after I pray. Lord, I thank you for my brother, for the opportunity to hear your word through him. Thank you, Lord, for the brothers that are here. Give us hearts to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to turn it to Harvey, and when it's time for discussion, be sure and speak loud like Harvey's hard of hearing so that our people out in teleconference land can hear well. All right, come right on. Well, thank you for having me tonight. Um, you know, I thought I was going to breeze through this thing and thought I knew a lot more about uh, lust than I did. In fact, when Pastor called me and uh, asked me to speak on this, I said, well, you know, lust really isn't one of my problems. Well, guess what? <laughs> I found out that it's probably a little bit of everybody's problem. In this day and age, we are so bombarded by the world um, that we can't help but suck a little bit of that up, especially if we're not on the, on the heels of God pursuing him every minute of the day. You know, that's one of the reasons God really says, you know, pray continually, because that's our communication, that's our connection with God, is by praying with for him, uh, to him all the time and praising him all the time. I'd like to start by um, seeing if we could, uh, you know, read uh, James 4, 1 through 5 first. Um, JP, would you... What version are you reading? Uh, New King James. Would you mind uh, reading that one? Uh, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure, that war is in your members? You just, you lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask to miss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he who but he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble, humility cures worldliness. Wow. Well, I can tell you James was not the pastor. He had, he had to be the guy coming in, the evangelist, because he's going to run everybody off talking like that to folks, you know. You know how we are, because our way is always right, isn't it? I mean, we've all studied the Word, and we've been hanging out with God and praising God and singing His praises, but, you know... Why would somebody talk to us that way? Well, the, the reality is, is that why do we war? 
against each other. You know, it happens in churches. It was happening then. It's still happening. We see churches breaking up because of it. You know, it's. Um, I, I, I started thinking, well, what's going to be the title of this teaching? And here's what I came up with. I couldn't come up with just one. I had to come up with a few, and it was worldliness versus godliness, because there's, there's no in-between. There's pride generates strife. Friend of God or friend of the world? Uh, in James 1, um, warring comes from the seeking pleasure and not being able to quite get there for whatever reason. And what happens when, we, when we're really lusting after something is that nothing's going to get in our way, including our own mind, because we're going to justify what we're doing. And that's a lot of what's going on with this warring between uh, people. One person is either um, not hooked in tight with God and following God and wanting to do his will, or both people that are, war- are warring or factions are not doing what God's will is for their lives. You know, we get so, in in this world, we get so enthralled with what we're doing, you know, especially if we're we're still working. Uh, I know I get so enthralled about getting stuff done that, you know, it pulls you away from thinking about God. Instead of having God enter in what I'm doing, I just set him over here and say, God, just I'm going to set you over here on the sidelines for now because you know what? I got way too much to do. <laughs> so I'm out there, you know, doing it. And then I find myself in a bind, you know. And then I, then's when I start thinking, well, golly, gee, I, I better start praying and I better start talking to God all day because that's when I start having a problem uh, with with being diversive with someone else, fighting among someone else, including my wife. After all, we want it our way. Have you ever heard somebody, well, I believe the God, but they can't, there's no, there's no scriptural reason for them believing that God in that, that particular incident. There's no biblical reason, so guess what? You're believing wrong. It's got to be God's way or, or no way if you're going to stick with God. So in this first uh, James chapter 1, I mean 4, verse 1, uh, the battle is one that is with the spirit man and the man that's one of the worldly man, and that's inside of ourselves. That's where it all starts is inside of one person. Now, I know that's what happens with me, and that's not basically the only experience that I can give you. Are we pleasing God or are we pleasing ourselves? Or man or little God? Who are we trying to please? That's basically what I find in James 1 is that we're trying to please somebody other than God and that's what causes us to war. Um, James 4.2 would you mind reading that again, just real quick? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not have. Wow. You know we have we have this desire to have something, and you know I got I thought well 
You know, why don't we ask? I think 99% of the time it's because we know that it's not what God wants for us. You know? But we want it so much that we're lusting for it. So we don't pray for it. We don't say, God, you know, take, that'd be like asking your wife, hey, would you introduce me to your sister? You know? <laughs> I mean, how stupid, wow. how stupid would that be? I mean, but we're doing that to God. You know, we're, we're leaving him out. And it's because it's it's another way is looking looking at it is you know when you were a kid you knew what your daddy would let you have and what he wouldn't let you have, so you wouldn't ask him direct for something that you knew that he wouldn't want you to have, especially if it was something that was going to separate you from him. Because as a parent, we want to hang on to those little ones, you know, grandkids. It even gets better. I, you know, we're all the further we get down the line, man. I'm seeing God going, wow. These are my kids. These are my grandkids, you know. But anyway, let's get back on track. I'm sorry. Um, we have not because we ask not. And I believe that we ask not a lot of times because either we, we know he's going to say no or we're so disconnected from God that we don't have the knowledge that anything we ask that he, he will give us as long as it's in his will, as long as it's in, it's in his will if it's good for us. So we're asking for stuff that doesn't line up. He's protect, that's his protection for us. It's not because he's a bad God. He's a good God. But that's the reason that we don't ask. We lack because we don't ask, and, that, and that's what I'm... That's what... Um, I really feel God telling me that it's because we're we're not going to ask the right things. Would you mind hitting three again? You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Oh. You know, when we start asking God, we really ought to sit back and go, wow. Even before we start asking God, we ought to say, you know, is this... Is this right down the line with what God has in his word for us? Because, you know, he didn't write this. This isn't a do-not-do book because he's a strict religious God. This is a to-do book because he wants us to have the best. And we can't have the best if we don't follow his word. And by the way, the word of God is Jesus, right? We want to follow Jesus as close as we can and be more like Jesus We ask not considering what God's desire is for us. We don't, we don't consider that. If we did, we wouldn't be asking for stuff that, you know, we don't, we don't get it. You know, so when you pray and we don't get it, that's because it's really not good for us. Or we ask, our motivation is, again, like asking your wife, then introduce her, introduce you to her best friend or her, or her sister. You know that's just not the way we should act with God. Yet there are some of us that do that. You know we're, we just don't get it sometimes. You know sometimes prosperity teaching grabs people, but for the wrong reason. Prosperity is is for us, but it's not for us to keep. It's for us to further the Word of God. And if we were using it that way, you're going to get it. But, you, you know, you're not going to trap a bunch of it because that's not his will. 
for your life? Does it mean that you you know that he doesn't want you to prosper? No, he says he wants you to prosper. But there's a whole lot more to prospering than just you know getting the getting the basket full, you know. Author Robert D. Jones said, failure please God. Our failure the failure to please God, our failure to other peoples, or both, ultimate cause for uh, relational conflicts. It's our failure to please God that causes that. So when when you're dealing with your wife or your kids, any relationship requires that you're in that relationship not just for the person that you're in that relationship with, but for God also. We do everything to glorify God. And if we're doing that, um, nine times out of ten or 99% of the time, it's going to work out really good. Now, again, you got to remember, both people in that relationship need to be wanting to please God. Okay, that's, that's the key, is that both people need to be doing that. If not, then it can certainly, conflict is going to happen. So we need to make sure that we're pleasing God. The good news is that it um, helps us to understand conflict. You know, I've had conflicts in my life before that I didn't, I couldn't understand why they were going on. I just had a man lately start a rumor about me, and I couldn't figure out why. He's a new ager, but he was supposed to be a friend. But guess what? We had a spiritual conflict going on. I wanted to please God. He has no he has no idea who God is, nor does he want to please God. And that's where that came from. And it hurt, you know. But until I really got into this, I couldn't understand why someone would do that. I even asked him to check his source and find out or who what he was saying, check that and find out if that was the truth or not. And he refused. And he said, I already know. I I heard about it. So that was where that conflict came from. And if you'll think back to conflicts that you've had in the past, it's probably the same thing. But it could have been my side too. It doesn't mean that it was just his fault. It could have been something I did that wasn't pleasing God with our relationship that could have caused that conflict also. So it could have been, it could be two-sided. I'm really praying about that to see if, you know, what my part was in it. Or if I had a part in it, I certainly want to get that taken care of um, no matter which way it went goes. So you can bank on it that if you're in conflict, somebody's outside of trying to please God. <clears throat> uh, James 4, do you mind okay. reading that again? Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. The world. When when he's speaking of the world in in this text, he's talking about the world as a fallen entity. The world is fallen. And, you know, that happened happened, uh, with the first man and woman on earth. The world fell. And so our lusting for anything that has to do with the world, it's a fallen world that, you know, God's side 
and the fallen side don't they're not going to mix they're just not going to going to click so that's really what we're talking about is what um our relationship is with God and the world in the fallen world uh God's a jealous god you know he he makes that really clear that he's that he's jealous and he tells us that um you know he doesn't want any gods before him and our lusting for other things of this world becomes a god to us because we're going to we're going to do whatever it takes to get to that now we may not ever get there and hopefully god won't let us get there you know um but that's that's a real um tough tough thing you know we really have to watch out for getting hook that hook in us um especially in today's world where we have television and radio and billboards and so on and so forth with just you know bombarding us with all kinds of stuff not just sexual stuff on the TV I mean it's amazing to me what they put on TV just is crazy and on billboards what you see on billboards but we're so bombarded in that that um it's easy for us to get misled and to be pulled in or to start rationalizing why can't i or i should be able to do this or that and you know that's that's why we have to get closer to god is because without <coughs> him we're going to be lost again we got saved we can still wander off and we need to just pursue his best for our lives and that is um what finding out what he has for us to do what's in his will for our lives and we start right here in the word of god because this is our this is a manual of life and this is where we need to start um <coughs> The did we read five? No. You want to read five quick? Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? The spirit <coughs> in us, he's yearning for the best for us, and he's jealous because we're we're over there in the rabbit trails looking for something else, and everything we're looking for is right there. I mean, it's it's God. You know, we're looking for that. We're still, even as Christians, we're looking for stuff that we were looking for when we were not saved. We're out there looking for that fulfillment. When God's the fulfillment, His will for us is our fulfillment. And I'm speaking from experience because I've chased all those rabbit trails even since I, even since I've uh, been a Christian, and I didn't really even realize. And, t- and this little study right here really woke me up to some more things that I've been chasing and didn't realize that, um, you know, I was doing some things that in the world would have been fine. There's nothing wrong with what I've been doing, but I'm not seeking God's best for my life. And I hope after reading this tonight that we all think, you know what, let's, let's work on seeking God's best for our lives and not for what we think is best for our lives. Are we smarter than God? <laughs> I don't think so. At least I know I'm not. You know, I know some really smart people, 
Steve Joy right there is one of the smartest people I know. He's not as smart as God, you know. But by golly, we can hook in and get that wisdom of God. We can get what he has for us. And it's abundant, what he has for our lives. I mean, doing all this stuff, chasing all this stuff, and trying to get what we can and can all we get and sit on the can ain't making it. It's not getting it. You know, we need to really invest in our lives more. Invest in really seeking God in everything we do. You know, I used to think it was crazy when little old lady said, I'd have to pray about that. Lady, there is no other choice. <laughs> There's nothing else you need to pray about. Just do it. But you know what? That's not true. God's an infinite God. He's got a lot of choices for us. And we need to really hook into him to find out what those choices are. So we're really talking about becoming humble and asking God and really getting getting into his word and and you know, really getting tight with God. He ought to be our best friend. He ought to be the, he ought to be the one we're hanging out with instead of hanging out with things of the world. You know? What <clears throat> what things of the world can you think of that you might want to hang out with or that you've been hanging out with? And I'm not talking about anything that's, you know, that we'd consider bad in the in the in this time and age. But what's taking you away from God? What's drawing you um, drawing your best away from him. Money. Money? Okay. Or the seeking money? Pursu- the pursuit of money? We all know you got to have money, right? You know, if you're spending all your time getting money, then you're you're cheating yourself and your wife and your and God. You know, <clears throat> we got to believe that. Hey, He is our provider. He's our provider. Does it mean not go to work? No, absolutely not. He doesn't want you to eat if you don't work. He wants you to work. Yeah, the pursuit of money can be a problem. Or the pursuit of what money will buy can be a problem. Anybody else? Can anybody else think of anything that's... Competitiveness? Competitiveness. Where does that come from? That comes... Pride. Pride. Yeah, pride. That's right. And pride cometh before the fall. I'm sorry. Jealousy. Yeah. In fact, you can kind of put jealousy in a lot of this. You know, pride. Um, jealousy can be part of that. Um, you know, we ought to be jealous for God as much as He's jealous for us. You know, to seek Him and really just want to pull on Him and find out exactly what you got for me. What have you got for me? What do you want me doing today? You know, I think every once in a while we get a taste of it, though. You ever get to help somebody? And what's that do for you? It's like, woo, man, I'm walking on a cloud if I get to help somebody. You know? But it's temporary because guess what? I'm not out seeking God's will every day to find out what he's got for me. So I'm not walking on a cloud every day. But I know when you do something for him, I know my personal experience is that Man, I know that he, that I did got to do something for him. Woo! 
I mean, com- you know, common sense would say, we'll do it every day. You know, do that every day. But we don't. What what else is drawing us from God? What other what other things of the world are pulling on us? Maybe television, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Politics. Politics. Yeah. yeah. Wor- worry and fear. Politics. <laughs> worry and fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where am I gonna Where am I gonna get my next? Uh, you know, who's gonna pay my doctor bill now? You know, worry and fear. Yeah, worry and fear. Well, worries and fear are just opposite of of uh, what? Faith, faith. Sports, race, and hope. Yeah, sports. Sports can be pulling us away. In what in what way is would sports be pulling us away? Well, yeah, that is, yeah, that's probably the big one. <laughs> but you know what? That's the most obvious one. That's the most obvious one. What about getting so involved in sports that you just don't have time for God? I mean, that's really what we're talking about. Is it okay to go watch a baseball game or a football game? Sure it is. You know? God will use us anywhere we are. You know? I used I knew a I knew a lady that didn't drink. You'd know her if I told you her name. But one of her favorite things to do was going to a bar. But you know why she went in there? So she could witness to the people in there. She witnessed to the young ladies in the bars. And it was pretty it was pretty interesting. We'd we'd be out eating and she'd sneak off and they'd say, Where's so and so? Oh, you know where she's at? She's in the bar talking to some girl. That's where she'd be, you know. Light shines the brightest in the darkest place. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else is dragging us away from, from God? Could it be something you're doing at church? I mean, could it be getting so busy at church that you're not doing what God wants you to do? How you, time, just time in general. How, yeah. you, How you allocate your time. Allocate your time. Yeah. And uh, I know it's a couple months of baseball starting up and there's a lot of rules. Yeah. And, and you're trying to... You know, when you go call a game, you won't be prepared, but yet, you know, you you you've got to have time for your study here, your Bible study. Your right. Study, you know, and, it, and then you have your business that you're running. And, right. And then you have your wife, you're trying to spend time with her, and, and I got a text today that, I'm your wife, you need to be more patient. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I you never know, got I mean, that one. <laughs> it's, just, it's just time in general. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's, they're all pulling at you. Right. So how do we how do we work how do we work with that? I mean, let's let's be real. We all go to work. We all have something we're doing. How do how do we do that? Do we pull? Why don't we Why don't we think about? Hey, you know what? God's my partner in my business. Yeah. How about let's bringing him in and saying, Hey, you know what, what do I do here? What do I do here? I'm talking to myself here. You know how do we how do we um, handle the the baseball, or the football that we're involved in, or that we watch all the time, you know, can we take that and turn it to have God there? Can we use that somehow to bring people to Christ? <clears throat> Could we use that some way, some way just to get Him more noticed? I think we can. I think everything we do, you know, short of going out and you know going to the Bardello or something. 
is, is we're capable of bringing God into um, anything that we do that's legal and moral and ethical. And we can bring him in and keep him there with us. I know some of my best times have been when I was unemployed or when I was a contractor. I used to um, have these outages. I mean, these all of a sudden, boom! I didn't have anything to do for two weeks. I'd go find I'd go find somebody at a church somewhere that needed some work done. I'd do it for free. You know why? Because it reminded me of why I needed God. And I'd go there and really just praise God, thank you, Jesus, for giving me something to do. You know, I'm glad I'm able to be here and, and do your work, you know. And now I can take that back with me, and, and I'd do that. And I'd go back, and before you know it, I'd be doing it all myself again, you know, under my own power. Well, there's no power in my power. As I get older, there's less power in my power, <laughs> you know. I'm getting a little bit worn out. <laughs> do we have any questions or Y'all filled up? I have a question for you. Okay. <clears throat> it, uh, in verse 5 it says, you know, no, it's not verse 5, it's verse 3. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may be consumed upon your lust. It was King James Version. And uh, so how would you say if that's if you to ask and not be asking amiss? How can you ask and not be asking amiss? Well, I think most of the time we can, that's why we need to consider what we ask before we ask for it. Um, we need to, if, if we're really close to God, and we're really pursuing God, we'll know, we'll know when you start asking whether it's you're asking amiss. You'll also know when you don't get it, <laughs> that you, you ask amiss. But mainly what he's, I believe, I believe that he's talking about there is you're, you're asking so that you can pursue a worldly endeavor. Okay? If you're not asking to pursue his best or his will for you. And that's why we should add, you know, if it's your will, Lord, let me, let me go to Africa. You know, because even, even what we think is what he wants for us may not be. But we may know that we know that we know, you know. If he spoke to you and you know it's God's will, then, hey, you know, that's what we ought to be praying toward is that. You know, even Jesus in the garden said, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Yeah, amen. But not my will, but your will. Right. And he knew the will of God when he asked that. So was that asking a mess? No, because he asked for his will. He may have been asking of his flesh. Yeah. Yeah, he was flesh. Yeah. Any other questions? Pastor? Any comments? Any comments? Well, one thing that I struggle with is I get on a project, and then I get driven. Right. To accomplish this And before I know it, I think too much about it. And, and, I'm, and it wears me out. And I, I, I don't know if that's good for me to confess that. But I actually have, it's not, an, it's not an illegal thing. It's not, a, not, an, uh, it's not a, a, an 
godly thing, I guess you could say, except that it grabs my attention. And then, before I know it, I'm I'm into this project, whatever this project may be. Has that ever happened to anybody else? It consumes you. It, yeah, it consumes that's the word. It consumes yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You, go to, you go to bed thinking about yeah, it? Yeah, and then I have, to, get, <laughs> I have yeah. to come back, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, what happened to me? How many times do you build something for you in your mind before you actually build it? That's... You know, so it's really dragging you away from time with God. And it was a good project. It was a good thing, you know. But anything that drives you and grabs you and diverts you away ends up not being good. Right, exactly. And that's what I was saying about the church. You know, when you're helping the church, you're you're doing a good thing. But if you're if it's drawing you away from God, if you're pursuing that that project with such personal zeal and not getting God involved in it then that's when it becomes a difficulty for your for conflict in your life. You know, we we have this stress. <coughs> What's that? You know, a certain amount of stress is good for us. It's like sitting on a tack, you know. Get up and do something. You're not going to just sit there. You know, so a little stress is good for you. And God gave us stress to motivate us in, in areas. But we don't have to stress out so much that we're not good for anything. <laughs> Not even good for yourself, much less for what God has for you to do. He's got something big for all of us. You know, we were born for such a time as this. We really were. I mean, have you ever, have you, you know, I've, I've lived, I'm with my 62nd birthday, and I look around at some of the, the things that they're pushing on us and telling us that are good. You know, it just, it, it just drives me crazy how some of this stuff can be so wrong yet they're saying it's so right. It's just it's it's just completely against everything that I that I've been taught, you know. I think we are the generation that the Bible speaks about when it says, Woe to them that call good evil and evil good. Well it seems that way. It's going on. It sure seems that way to me. It sure seems that way to me. Any other comments? I think um Verse 1 of chapter 4, where do wars and fights come from among you? A lot of times we'd say, well, it's that jerk. Right. But he says, uh, do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Exactly. A lot of times it's me, my desires that enable that person to irritate me, that cause me to react in such a way. Because the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. Right. And some angry person is an annoyance, and they need be put in their place. And so my desire for peace or, or comfort or whatever causes me to lash out and create conflict. Um, I think the last verse, you know, the chapters and verses weren't put in here by James. He just wrote right. letter, no of punctuation. letter of sentences and paragraphs. And right. um, the last verse of chapter 3, the fruit of righteousness, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So it's all about making peace. Now, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come for your desires for pleasure that warn your members? If we have a desire for peace, I think we'll do everything we can to make peace. But sometimes my pride doesn't want peace. My pride, my pride wants the upper hand. My Justice. pride wants to be justified. Right. And, you know, if you live long enough, you know nobody sins and gets by. The wages of sin is death. There are consequences to everybody's. Sin, but there's temporary annoyances that we don't like that we want to uh, 
And uh, so anyway, I, it speaks to me. And yeah, and it may not even be a temporary annoyance. It may, it may long be term. But yeah, it may be long term because you know yeah, we're about to be married to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your wife didn't hear that. <laughs> Any other comments? That was Billy Bob that just said that. Yeah, Billy Bob. In case any lady called in. <laughs> any other comments? Steve, you have something to say? I know you do. No, it's a good message. I think you're right on target about the being humble and you know, how, how that's really how we begin to seek God's heart. I thought you did a fabulous job. Yeah. Listening to you got to talk about justice. You know, typically we want justice for everybody else, but we want mercy for ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> and it's when we want mercy for everybody else mm-hmm. is when we begin to look at it from God's perspective. He says that I desire mercy. Yeah. Not and that's mercy. actually that's the next. If I'm not mistaken, that's the next um, yeah. um, God, verse. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humility cures worldliness. Yeah. It's all about his grace. And if it wasn't for his grace, none of us would be here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we kind of boiled, he kind of boiled the whole Ten Commandments down to two. And that's to love God first and then to love our neighbor as ourselves. I think we've had, we've talked about that. Um, Give our neighbor that mercy that we want. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Steve. That's a really good point. And, you know, we can do that to the people in the world, too. Because that's something they don't see. You know, they don't see mercy. Because everybody's out to get justice. I think that mercy is a form of love. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, see if we have any conference callers that may have some more insights and wisdom. Hey guys, y'all have some wisdom for us? Hey guys, it's Hal. Hey Hal, where are you at, man? Um, I'm just in Toler. I'm, uh, hey, that's, that's the other way. side yeah. of the county. I love Toler. That's where I live. Yeah, you have any wisdom for us or comments or questions? Well, uh, one of the comments was talking about time, talking about you know time, uh, time management and such. It isn't time management; it's task management. Wow. One of the one of the things that we get wrapped up in is thinking that we can manage time and we cannot. We have to manage tasks. So if we're going to be better at what we do each and every day, that just means we have to be a manager of tasks, not time. Everybody has the same amount of time. And there's my 10 cents worth. Right. Well spoken from a businessman, Al. Anybody else? This is Joe. Um I have a comment uh, based on some discussion you had on verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. And uh, my comment <clears throat> would be uh, I have basically three tests I do uh, when when I have a question about anything that I'm, I'm, I think the Lord wants me to do or say or something like that. And number one, obviously to pray about it. Number two, what does the scripture say? And 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 number three, is there a, a a wise and trusted Christian friend I can take that issue to? And uh, and it can't be somebody that you know will just agree with you, but somebody who will really give you good wisdom. 
So if I'm seeking something from the Lord, those are three common things that that I use to to uh, to kind of test what I'm asking for. Good. That is good, Joe. I believe that's biblical too. That's good. Are you in Hideaway Bay? I am. What else we got out there? Hey, did you fall asleep? No, I'm still here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come in, Kerrville. You got any wisdom for us? I don't know that I have any wisdom. I just, uh, Harvey, I really appreciate uh, your teaching. You did a good job tonight. And and uh, once again, I'm humbled by the 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 type of teaching that we got that we have with our men. So. Thank you, Greg. That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> 